Hi everyone, from Brooklyn, New York, this is Kajok, a podcast about the joys, the struggles, and the beauty of being Asian American. My name is Chien. And my name is Greg. And we are the folk soul duo Chien and Greg. We are also the hosts of this podcast. In today's episode, Chien and I have a conversation about 2022. The best, the worst, the hilarious, and the memorable. For us, it's been a year full of incredible highs, devastating lows, and everything in between. And we wanted to take the time to reflect back on 2022 before we head into the new year. Kajok is completely supported by you, the listener, through our monthly subscription program on Patreon. As independent artists, it is imperative for us to receive adequate compensation for the work that we do. If you find value in our podcast and all the work we do as creatives, activists, and artists, subscribe to us on Patreon today at patreon.com slash and Greg. That's patreon.com slash and Greg. You can also find the link to our Patreon page in the show notes. Thanks in advance for your financial support. Hi, everyone. Welcome to our last episode of the year. We took a... Uh an unintentional hiatus from recording podcast episodes, but we're coming back at you eight months later with a final episode because I really wanted to talk about our year and reflect back on 2022, the good, the bad, the in-between, the funny, um, the inspirational, all of it. So that's what we're here doing. Greg is here. He hasn't spoken yet, but he's here too. I am here. Still here. <laughs> um, yeah, when I was preparing for this episode and just thinking about this past year, I was like, wow, that was a lot. A lot happened this past year. And so um, a lot of really great moments and then a lot of like really, really tough things too. So um, yeah, I'm excited to talk about all of these things, but also like a little nervous because this year was really hard yeah i also want to let you know that today is december 15th it's a thursday and it's raining we're sitting in our living room next to our christmas tree that we recently decorated and this is where we're recording the podcast just in case you were wondering painting the picture (laughs) with harriet in my lap she's holding the dog which is you know Probably a good call because she's going to start like barking at anything. Also, at any moment. Just in case anyone was wondering, Harriet decided to pee in our bed and poop in the hallway near the door. And I believe she's trying to send us a clear message of rebellion. Yeah, she's retaliating because we wanted to have her sleep in her own bed on the floor and she wasn't having it. And she let us know retaliation she said this is war we're losing (laughs) okay okay so let's just get into it let's get into it best moments of 2022 i'm gonna i'm gonna go for my best moment my best moment of 2022 has to be reclaiming my name Mm -hmm. it's crazy to think that this i have been chien in all spaces this whole year before this, I was going by Chi. Right. And this is my first full year of going by Jian. And I know that I like started going by Jian in like October of last year at my church and just trying it out. Do I like this? 
and just like the idea just coming to me because I had seen other Asian American people um, putting it in as their middle name. And so like I did that. But then I was like, I, I think I just want to do it. I want to go the whole way. I don't want it to be. I, I didn't even think I had the o- option. I didn't have permission to take it as my first name because I've just been going by Chi my whole life. And so, yeah, it was it was cool to start like taking that for myself last year and then on New Year's Eve last year deciding I'm going to officially go by this everywhere. And I remember being so scared of it and doing so much research because I I knew it was going to be hard and like and the hard part was going to be like how are people who have known me my whole life or for many many years as chi how are they going to adjust and not Asian people, obviously, but white people. How will they adjust? Or non-Asian people. Um, and so, yeah, I think. And also the other thing that was scary for me was the idea of introducing myself as this name that is more Asian to me, feeling and sounding, than Chi. Chi is like one syllable, feels. I, I've just been doing Chi my whole life, you know? And so, yeah. I didn't know what I was getting into with being Jian in all spaces and reclaiming that that I mean, reclaiming my name that I've been called at home my whole life and bringing that into the world and being that person. I do feel like I feel more like me and I still sometimes feel this sense of like imposter syndrome being Jian like, oh, that's not. Like, why did you need to do that? That wasn't necessary. You're still chi, like kind of feeling that way. But for the most part, I very much feel solid in in this in this name because this is my name. I've been going by this name my whole life, too, you know. Um, and yeah, it has been. I think that has been the big victory of 2022 is going by my Korean name everywhere and then also legally changing it and going to the courthouse to do that and I hate doing paperwork type stuff so like I don't know that's like a big deal that I did that too um and so that feels so official and I still big step and yeah even at the courthouse there were people that were trying to get their name changed like what did someone say? Like eight times or something? Yes. They've been there to try. Well, to because get they didn't bring all the right paperwork. So it's not easy. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like a lot to go to the New York City courthouse and, you know, fill out the paperwork. Yeah. To get this to happen. Yeah. And I just want to say that you were the one who put all my paperwork together. <laughs> That's true. But I uh, went there. I we went there together, I though. Actually, you came. With I don't me. like paperwork. I don't think anybody likes paperwork. Mm-hmm. But maybe I. Uh, I tolerate it. Yes. I, I tolerate, don't tolerate it. it. I, I, I would say I tolerate it pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. So I feel like reclaiming my name, that is the big victory of 2022. Yeah. Okay. What about you? Well, something that I was, that came to my mind as you were talking about this was just like, uh, yeah, I mean, you've been going by Chi this whole year and not by Chi. And it just like struck me that like, oh yeah, I don't even think of you as Chi anymore. Like that's not a name that comes to my mind. Whenever I, and I just, I didn't realize like maybe how fully, uh, yeah, integrated you are as Chien because I guess it's just like happened, but like, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think of that name anymore. 
Uh, what are some other um, best moments for you this year? Okay, well, another best moment is a collective victory for us. We recorded four podcast episodes this year. This is our fifth one mm-hmm. that we recorded this year. And I know that our goal was to record a podcast episode every month Mm -hmm. and we weren't able to do that. But I do think it's a big deal that we still recorded the four that we did and the one that we're recording right now. And I feel like podcasting is not something that I was into at all until the pandemic or maybe like a little bit before that. I don't feel like I was really listening to podcasts before the pandemic and I feel like the po- like podcasts, they've like changed my life. Like that sounds like a bit corny, but for real, they really have changed my life. Like that's true. There's a lot of information that like you're able to get on like podcasts that are like very specific to like what you're going through that you're not going to find elsewhere, like in another place. Yeah, and even if I could find it in another place, because I do feel like there are more books about you know Asian American experiences now. But I do feel like having like listening to people have a conversation feels very intimate and it's really helpful when I'm walking the park to listen to podcasts because it gives me something else to do while I'm walking. And I feel like and and like since the pandemic, I have been going on a walk around the park, which is five miles, which is about like an hour and a half of walking almost every day and to have an hour and a half of listening to these people every single day for three years. I feel like that has had a profound impact on me and my life and specifically feeling Asian and Asian, not Asian. I feel like those two podcasts have had the biggest impact on me and helped me through all of this identity, like my identity journey as an Asian American, as an Asian American woman as a Christian and like all of these things intersecting together. And yeah, I feel like being able to, obviously we're not at the level of feeling Asian or Asian, not Asian, but I do like the fact that, you know, this thing that has had such a profound impact on me, like I'm entering into that space and that you and I are entering into that space to have conversations that we're already having, but recording them and sharing them with other people. And I, and, and I know for a fact that our episodes have had an impact on people because they will reach out to us and tell us how much they really appreciated our episodes. And so I just want to talk about the episodes that we that we recorded. So the first episode was Reclaiming My Name. So I read through the the thing that I wrote about reclaiming my name and why I wanted to reclaim my name and um, and then the. So that was the first episode. The second episode we did was about Christina Una Lee because she had that was in February that she was that she was murdered. And so we did that as our second episode. And then the third episode that we did was a year later reflecting back on on the Atlanta spa shootings and what it was like that first like in 2021 when it happened. And then the last episodes that the last episode that we did was um, an episode about my artist story. And so, yeah, I feel like it was really important for us to talk about those things. That, that was really important for me to talk about those things and process through all of those things. And obviously, I've been doing a lot of processing off mic, too. But yeah, I feel like, you know, it's not music and we're musicians, 
but I really like that we were able to enter into this new medium and be able to create art in this new way. And I do feel like this year we did make a lot of new type of art, like a lot of social media posts with a lot of writing. Like I really got into writing this year. Um, And yeah, so I just want to say that I'm really proud of the fact that we recorded these episodes. Yeah, those are all hard. Yeah. I wonder if that has a reason why it's been so long since we've done them is just like needing a break or something because each of those episodes was like uh, insanely difficult to like process like all of that information and record it, talk about it. Yeah. Um, That's definitely something to be proud of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Another big highlight of this year, best moment, definitely a thousand percent is meeting my best friend, Jingyi Wei. And yeah, I guess I just want to talk about how I met her and why she's the highlight of the year. But yeah, so we met on April 17th of this year. So that was actually Easter. And we met at church and we had been, Greg and I had started going to this new church called Hope Brooklyn in end of September or maybe early October. I feel like it was early October that we started going to this church. And so we had not even been at this church for six months when I met Jingyi. And I feel like meeting her and becoming friends with her has been one of the most unexpected gifts of the year. I have lost a, I can't even tell you how many friends that I've lost over the course of these last three years, but it has been a really excruciating journey of losing so many friends and people in my life that I have had in my life since I was 13 years old, 14 years old, and um, some really close friends as well. And so... Yeah, to find to find someone who can actually make space for all of me, not just the happy me, the bubbly me, the strong me, the inspiring me, but the sad me, the depressed me, the angry me, the hopeless me. That has been so healing I feel like that has been such a healing experience to actually have a friend who is my my best friend like a friend that I've always dreamed of a friend that I never thought I could ever really have um, because I just didn't think and I have not really experienced people really wanting to go deep and talk about hard things or get into conflict and then resolve that conflict and grow together. I feel like I haven't really met many people who are interested in in difficult relationships. They just kind of want them to be simple and nice and good. And that has just been so amazing. And yeah, it hasn't even been a full year of us being friends. It's only been like eight months of us being friends. But we became, we became close friends super fast. And yeah, she... I mean, she's like family. She's our she's our family. You know, I I very much think of her as my best friend, but also my little sister. And that's kind of nice as an only child to have a sibling 
And um, yeah, it's just been like, I don't really feel like I could even verbalize how grateful I am for her because she has just been so supportive during like an absolutely devastatingly difficult year. Um, And yeah, just to have someone who's going to like show up at your house when you're lying on the floor because you're just so depressed um, is, is amazing. Like that, that I feel even comfortable showing up like that around someone else. Like as a person who always feels like I have to have my shit together, like, um, yeah, it's just been so nice to have someone in my life that feels like family and, you know, as devastating as losing all of my friends has been for me. I feel like she is better than all of those friends combined. Like she, yeah, she's like more valuable to me. And this is the type of friend that I've needed for so long. And I never thought I deserved this type of friend or I never thought I would ever get this type of friend and that my, you know, my standards are too high. I should lower my standards. And yeah, I just feel, I feel so grateful it it truly has just been like a gift from the lord um so yeah yeah i mean about the standards thing like i feel like with just friends and stuff like that you lost so many friends whenever you would uh bring up something that you were upset with Mm -hmm. and it was just like uh that was it it was like that's what that was about the friendship that's what they could take you know it's like you bringing a difference and um well, they couldn't take that. That's that, what I'm saying. Like, that's, it, could only it was, be good. it was just whatever the friendships, like, you know, were in the past or whatever, just needed to kind of like stay that way. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, you grew a lot and have been advocating for yourself and your needs. And I think the devastating part is like the more and more you advocated for yourself and your needs, the more and more people dropped out of your life, mm-hmm. the more and more people like felt like, oh, that was too much. Mm-hmm. And, you know, judging your character for like having a need. Uh, like I want people to call me by this new name or, Mm -hmm. you know, I want, uh, you know, more time with another person or whatever, like just whatever, whatever the need is, is just, uh, sometimes that's, I think difficult for people to, to validate. Mm -hmm. And so the feeling was just kind of on you. Like, well, I guess, you know, you mentioned like it felt like it was too much. I mean, that's makes sense that you felt like your needs were too much because you were like, you lost a lot of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so to find someone like i that, felt like something was wrong with yeah me. yeah mm-hmm. yeah or the request you know and mm-hmm. so to find somebody who um really cares about the same things that you care about and is going through you know the same thing that like you're going through that you guys could go through that together as opposed to like mm-hmm. having to teach another person to like bring them along with mm-hmm, you it was mm-hmm. like you didn't have to do that work that right. you know, jingu was already there to to like go through that stuff with you and yeah i'm i'm really grateful for her because Mm -hmm. it has been awesome to see you have uh just a friend who's gonna just be close and like go through all that stuff Mm -hmm. like this year has sucked way less because Mm -hmm. like you know she's been close and to be able to like go through that stuff so yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Another big win for the 
year, 2022, is us getting to perform again. And I know that that has come with so much difficulty and just difficulty. But it is still a win, even though it has been difficult to perform. Um, yeah, I think we the, our first performance was in May, right? Our our Patreon, our Patreon show, our Patreon right. fundraiser show in May, and then we did another show, a so far show at the shoe shop. The um, oh right, what was that place called? I but they had Adams. Adams. Oh yes, Adams. A T O M S. Yes, they they were on Humans of New York, so we played at their HQ, and then we played another so far show. What was the other so far show that we played? The other one was at a bar. In oh Greenpoint. yes, Three's Brewing, Three's Brewing in Greenpoint, and oh, we played the Puricha House. I was wondering what the order was. Yeah, I thought it Puricha was House was after. Yeah, Puri- yeah, yeah, it was it was May. We played the. The um, Patreon fundraiser show at our and church office, and then it was Puricha House. House in yeah. um, in Queens. Yeah, and that was an awesome show because all of the other artists were Asian American and super talented, and just like an array of ages. That was so cool. Honestly, that was for me one of like highlight shows mm. of like our career was playing there. That was because so cool. it was. It was like everything that you have yeah. like wanted in yeah. like a show. Again, it's just having a space to play music with other, you know, Asian American, Korean American mm-hmm. artists. Yeah. And to share your story. And again, you don't feel like you have to completely like share all of the story for people to to get it. You mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm, it's like mm-hmm. that there's less walls that have to get broken down and so No, that show was awesome. And to then not be the only one too. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And everyone was just so talented. I remember the first girl that went up, she was still in high school. She crushed it. And she was like a like a young Taylor Swift. But I don't even want to compare her to Taylor Swift because why do we got to compare people to other white people? She was just like herself and fucking amazing. Yeah. Um, and Bobby Lee Bobby is unforgettable. in her 50s playing the piano. And she was so soulful. And she's a singer too. Yeah, I mean, in, she's a yeah, fantastic before, singer. In Korea, she was a singer an R&B soul singer and she she was amazing. She just had this like deep rich voice. Um Yeah, it was shocking. My jaw was just like dropped yes. cuz she comes out here she's, you know, you just don't expect that voice to come out of her and I was just like what is happening? This is yeah. amazing. No, she was amazing. Okay, so did we Okay, it was those two shows and we played two so far? Yeah. Was that what we played this year for? Uh I feel like that is what we did. Yes. There wasn't another one sometime later on. I can't remember. But I also led worship three times this year. So that's also a very big deal Mm -hmm. because I've never led worship at this church and I haven't led worship since I left my old church. And so that is like another big deal of 2022 and a big win for 2022 is getting back into leading worship and I haven't really talked about my vocal injury from 2017, but it's it's a big deal for me to be singing again and for us to be performing again. Well, number one, because we've been in a pandemic since 2020. So there's that. But also because in 2017, I had a traumatic vocal injury that made 
singing very difficult because it triggered PTSD in me. And so every time I sing, I have that PTSD response because I have complex PTSD. And so, yeah, every time I sing, it feel it, it is a win. It is a win to get on stage, perform and share my art and share this thing that I love so much. And something that I'm so passionate about is my music and singing and our songs that we've written. And so, yeah, I just feel really grateful that this year was the year that we were able to play more shows and perform and and sing in a way where I don't feel as much anxiety or panic as I used to. Um, And so that is a huge win from 2022. Heck yeah. I've got one. And this is one that you're probably going to bring up. So I'll start it and then you can talk about it. But um, we got to meet some really awesome, famous people uh, a couple of months ago. Yeah. Okay. That's definitely a best. That's a a highlight. That's a highlight of my highlight of my life decade. Yeah. (laughs) As not just the year for sure. Um, That was incredible. So who, who did uh, there was a panel, the New Yorker fest had a panel of like all-star Korean American, like people um, who was on the panel. Sandra. Oh. So yeah, it's the first Sandra, Sandra oh. motherfucking O. Yeah. Minjin Lee. Mm-hmm. Lee Isaac Chung. Yep. And David Chang. Yeah. And then I shot myself. Why? <laughs> because it was just amazing. Like it was yeah. So first of all, I found out about this through Minjin Lee. She posted on Instagram that she was going to be on the New Yorker Fest. And I don't read the New Yorker. And so I was like, OK, great. I'm going to sign up for this. And so I booked tickets for you and me and Jingyi. And it was, I think, in October. Right. Yeah. It feels yeah, like it wasn't I, it was that October. long ago. It was October. Um, I feel like I'm perpetually like, you know, in that aura. Yes. Yes, it was amazing. So we get there and we sat in the second row and Sandra O walks out. She was the first person to walk out. I said it in the order that they were sitting from left to right. And I was screaming so loudly. And I'm also just like right in the front. And she saw me. Yeah, she she was shocked. She She had a shocked response. But she was like, okay, but she was like shocked. Like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And then... Yeah, they were just they were talking about their craft like that was the focus was their craft. I think it was identity and craft. I think that was the name of the panel. And they talked about their the intersection of their Asian American identity with their craft. And yeah, I just I just remember just it was so hard to be present because Sandra O is sitting right in front of me like in the flesh like not a video this is the real person she's sitting right here um so that was a huge 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 deal and after the panel was over first of all the panel was just so inspiring minjin lee shared that she grew up in new york city and had experience like her dad i think ran a jewelry shop and had been mugged on multiple occasions they had been chased they had chased people down on the streets like this is the kind of life that she lived growing up as a child of immigrants. And that was so crazy to hear because I didn't know that about her story. Um, And 
yeah, after we left, I just remember feeling just overwhelmed with joy and uh, just feeling like at a loss for words, like overcome with emotion and gratitude that we had this opportunity to see some of our heroes like David Chang for you. Yeah. And so when we were walking down the street, Lee Isaac Chung is literally just walking down the sidewalk talking to someone like a fan. And then I was like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Jim I was, like, was like, Jim was like, Lee Isaac Chung. And then she could cover oh, yeah, her yeah, mouth yeah, like, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. you know, okay, you didn't hear me. And, and then I was taking then pictures of him like, from behind. Yeah. And then like got up the courage and just like went up to him and like grabbed him. Like not grabbed him, but like, you know, touched <laughs> no, I, his arm. Yeah, he touched his arm. I was like, um, hi. And he was like, even... he was like, he like freaked out. He was like, oh, yeah, like, oh, yeah, yeah. He scared him. I forgot. Yes, you know? yes, uh, yes. And then, yeah, and totally then I told like. Him, we pulled over on the sidewalk a yeah. little bit. We were standing in front of this like green, like uh, construction board thing, like wooden pallet thing. And I just remember we were talking and he was just looking at me and I was telling him how much I love Munati and how much it changed my life and how much I listened to the soundtrack, which is literally every day. Spotify Unwrapped told me that I am within the 0.005 percentile of people who listen to that soundtrack. soundtrack. Oh, no, to that artist, Emil Mossery. Yeah, to that artist. But the only reason I listen to the artist is because of the Minnati soundtrack. Yes. But anyway, I told him that this movie, I watched it six times, that it made, like, that it changed my life, that it felt like I was watching something like my family on on the screen and something that I felt like I was always supposed to be embarrassed about was being beloved by so many people and how much that mattered. And I think I even told him about reclaiming my name. I did. Mm -hmm. I told him about reclaiming my name and how, um, yeah, I feel like me was like a part of, of that experience of, of me feeling like I'm allowed to take up the space as a Korean person fully. And then he hugged me. Yeah. Yes. He hugged me. He didn't have to hug me. We're strangers. That was. And he was like so grateful that I yeah. was talking to him about like how much this movie meant to me. And I was just like, oh, my God, this is amazing. He's such an interesting guy. Like he just seems like not famous. Just a person. He's just a just dude. Just a dude. You know, just like a dude. very humble. Yeah. Yes. You know. Okay. After, how about, after you talked to him, then like everybody else was like, oh, like I want to get a picture with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's like a big group of people that took a picture with him. pictures with him. But. And he's just like this small man. Yeah. And just like, just like standing there like, oh, hi guys. Like just so calm. He's like a yeah. very calm guy. Um, do you want to talk about seeing David Chang and why that was impactful yeah, for you? Yeah, so for me, I, I grew up watching Anthony Bourdain. I've like read all of his books. I have watched every episode. Um, that was like my hero. And so it was like after he was gone, it was almost like David Chang kind of like filled that space. And, um, you know, so I've read David Chang's book and I've like, uh, watched pretty much everything he's done too. And so Mm -hmm. like, he's just somebody that I, I listen to his podcast all the time. So he's just somebody that I know of uh, from watching TV and here on online or whatever. And so it was just like I was curious about what he was going to be like in real life. It, uh, 
And he is like he is on he Ugly is. Delicious. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. He totally is like the same person. I mean, but I wouldn't he is expect more him introverted. to be. He seemed more introverted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, my impression is uh, he kind of seems kind of ins- insecure, like, mm, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. so yeah. being on a stage with uh, all of these people or whatever, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, I think I think he has he says this thing all the time where he like feels insecure, but also at the same time feels like he's the best one in the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I kind of got that that vibe yeah. too, which was awesome to just see him talk about, uh, yeah, I mean his experiences and stuff. It was yeah. just really weird seeing him. Yes, like just sitting there. It was surreal. Yeah. That whole experience was surreal. Yeah. Yeah, I wish we could go back and relive that day. I remember saying that. I wish we could relive this over and over again whenever i feel like what are we doing with our lives why are we pursuing art this is dumb like i wish we could just relive that yeah experience for sure but yeah definitely highlight of 2022 was seeing all of our heroes in the flesh and kind of picking piggybacking off of that i also want to say a highlight of the year was starting to listen to asian not asian when Jenny Arimoto started hosting it. And that podcast has just been so amazing. I feel like listening to them in the morning has just been so nice and comforting. And we even had the amazing opportunity in November, just last month, of meeting Mike Nguyen, Jenny right. Arimoto. Actually, I ran into Jenny Arimoto awesome. at Trader Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> I ran into Jenny Arimoto at Trader Joe's in like like earlier, maybe in like, uh, I don't know, September or something. But earlier that year, I had run into her. I didn't see it because, you know, I'm oh like standing God. in line or something like that. And she comes up like acting all like uh, sketchy, sketchy, <laughs> sketchy is the right word. I was going to say creepy, but I was like, oh, that's not, not creepy, sketchy. Uh, and I just like, casually said that I saw Jenny. Just, I just saw Jenny Arimoto. And I was like, wait, why are you so cool about it? And <laughs> And then he was like, are you going to say something to her? I was like, I don't know. I'm trying to still process that. <laughs> and then I just like leave and I go over it. And she was in the bananas section or like in that in that aisle where the bananas and the like there's like uh, there's like seltzer in that aisle, uh, cheese, uh, turkey, like sliced turkey. So what was the approach? I w- was walking up and down the aisle multiple times because I was like, do I say something? There's like other people there, too. And we're there on like a Tuesday during the day. Like we never go at this time. But I don't know why we needed groceries. So we went this random time and she was like on the phone. So I didn't want to interrupt her. But at the mm. same time, I was like, no, I really want to tell her that her experience with losing all of her friends, all of her best friends who were white how much her talking about that on feeling Asian and on Asian, not Asian has meant to me. Right. And so, yeah, I decided, you know, I'm just going to say, I was like, hi, are you Jenny Arimoto? I think I said that during, she was like, yeah. <laughs> and she was wearing a mask. And I was like, oh my gosh, I just want to tell you, like, I'm so glad you're on Asian, not Asian. I couldn't listen to it when Fumi was on it because he talked about flashlights too much, <laughs> but thank you so much for, thank you so much for talking about, you know, and I told her how much it meant to me that she talked about losing her friends and how I felt less alone when she shared that on feeling on feeling Asian. And I felt like, oh, my God, this is happening to other people, too. Like other Asian people, as they are kind of having their own like identity awakening, they are taking up space and then they're losing friends because of it. And so, um, yeah, she was like on the phone with her sister in her AirPods. And um, yeah, no, it was just so cool to be able to 
run into her and to tell her how much her work, just her story and her sharing has impacted me. Um, and so that was really awesome. And then a couple months later, seeing her at Hack City was really cool. And it was crazy because we even freaking got to see Atsuko Okatsuka, who is literally the funniest person ever and also incredibly humble. Um, her husband, Ryan, was also there. They were visiting from L.A. Um, Atsuko also has an HBO special that's out now. Go watch it. Um, but yeah, that was also crazy. We ran into we like met Atsuko. We met Mike Nguyen. We met Jenny Arimoto. Um, we also saw Brian Park. We won't talk about that. But yeah, that was awesome. It was so cool to see all these people um, that I've been listening to for so long. Um, and then also at that show, uh, Daniela, Danny Chun was also there from Sao Paulo, Brazil. <laughs> and we had only met over Zoom um, and over Instagram was where we originally met. But we met in person for the first time. And so that was a really big deal. OK, so uh, we just talked about a lot of best moments. And I think, to be honest, like I was laughing a lot, thinking and talking about all of these best moments more than maybe I thought I would in mm -hmm. like writing all this stuff up. So that was like really nice that we did that. So, um, but let's also talk about some of the parts of this past year that were more challenging. Mm -hmm. So what were some challenging moments uh, yeah. this past year? Yeah. So this year, I feel like when it's good to write down the good things of the year, because I think these pandemic years, feel like mostly terrible right so i feel like writing down the things and reflecting back on the things that were really good and amazing is important to kind of balance out the fact that this year didn't only suck even though the things that did suck felt so sucky like so terrible um and can sometimes overshadow the good things um, and so I think it it has been just even just preparing for this podcast episode, doing this preparation part has been a really valuable exercise in just like having a balanced perspective um, and and practicing gratitude and and like really just feeling grateful for the joyful moments because this year has been so difficult. Right. Um, so yeah, I think the hardest thing for sure has been my dad's advancement into stage four cancer. So he, he, I mean, he's been struggling with cancer since 2020, right? So, or, or before that, but he was diagnosed officially on July 1st, 2020. And so he was been, he has been at stage three B this whole time. And then last year in on November 1st was when he was had advanced to stage four because he had brain tumors. And then they um, did radiation on the brain tumors, like something called stereotactic radio surgery, where they like specifically target the brain tumors. He had one in his cerebellum and one in his auditory canal. And um, yeah, they were able to get it. They were able to get the cancer. And um, but but it still had. It, like it still had an effect on on him and his body and the way that he experiences the world. And so um, this year has been really hard because it's been our first year of stage four cancer. And um, since the diagnosis, 
or or I mean, even was just like last year, he like started losing his hearing in his right ear. Yeah. But now he is officially deaf in his right ear. So that was definitely a really hard thing to to find out, to accept. I, I don't even know that I have fully accepted that reality because um, I think that's just like a hard thing to accept. But in addition to losing his hearing and having brain tumors, he also has lost mobility in the right side of his face. So the right side of his, of his face was paralyzed and completely drooped down. Um, and, and the reason why these things happened was because of the tumor that was wrapped around his auditory canal. Um, the nerves in there control facial mobility, hearing, and right side balance. And so um, that's why we were seeing the hearing loss and the facial paralysis. And so my dad losing his face, like losing the integrity of his face and what it looks like and his smile and his expressions and his laughter and the sound that's produced out of your mouth changes when your face is drooping. Um, and so, so many different things like his eye is drooping too. And so then like it has, it, it's just more susceptible to getting dry because it's like the red part is exposed. Um, and I'm talking about this all very scientifically, but it has just wrecked me this year to see my dad's face like that. And it's so hard to FaceTime him or, you know, even worse is to see him in person and to just to see his face like that. Um, you know, while they're also living in like this tiny ass one bedroom apartment in Northern Virginia um, and they haven't lived in an apartment since uh, our first apartment that I moved into when I was two years old in 1990 in Annandale. And so, yeah, I think them moving in from like a townhouse from a house to then selling the house to a townhouse to a townhouse and then to a one bedroom apartment, that was a very stark change. Um, and so this has been their first full year of stage four, their first full year of my dad's facial paralysis, the first full year of um, hearing loss and their first full year of living in this tiny ass dark one bedroom apartment. And so, yeah, I feel like this year has been the hardest year for us in terms of cancer. Like not that the other years haven't been hard um, with chemo and radiation and losing his hair and puking and having no energy and being not able to walk around and his bones hurting and all of that stuff like this year has felt the hardest also because of the switch of the medication that he's on he's now on catmatinib which is this targeted treatment for his specific lung cancer mutation and um that has made his hands and feet and limbs swell so there have just been yeah i just feel like cancer I honestly, in prepping for this, I thought I would be like crying more, but I'm, I just, and I have cried a lot about this, but yeah. like, I feel like, uh, this has definitely been the worst year as far as cancer goes and, uh, the hardest year, um, which is why I am so grateful for our church and why I am so grateful for Jing Yi and just like the extra support that we have this year, because this year I don't know that I don't really know how we would have survived it without that extra support. Yeah. I mean, I think your parents like being in a very, very small apartment while also going through this, also going through cancer. Um, 
and also just like you're really acutely seeing like the struggles of immigrants mm-hmm. just like right like just getting smacked with it as and soon as you roll it's up. just constant like a constant yes. thing that there's no like there's no relief from that, yeah you yeah. know it's just like right on the edge of yeah just like poverty and your parents not having opportunities and so just having to like it's almost like because it's in that tiny apartment um you're having to see that reality mm-hmm. it's not something that's just like a concept it's just right. like you're you're seeing it in addition to cancer and it's just i mean it's been very very hard um yeah 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 that's definitely been the hardest part of this year and there have been moments of feeling so unbelievably hopeless and feeling just yeah just depressed and despair and angry at god like so angry at god for like allowing my parents to suffer this much um but i mean there is no but it has just been shitty honestly it has just been shitty um and there is no but and i just want to make full space for that being so shitty and and difficult a hundred percent yeah um last thing because i if you mentioned it i'm not sure if i like recognize that you mentioned it but um you know your dad did the radiation on the brain tumors in 2021 and then a couple of like a month ago or so maybe a little before that like we realized that they came back oh right i didn't mention that um and so the the tumors that were uh were there before um were killed by radiation from before and then they you know found out uh recently that they were both like growing back um and so there was like more activity and so Mm -hmm. he had to do radiation like over again Mm -hmm. and we're about to find like the results of that um soon november 20 no on december we're doing the test this friday uh, so tomorrow on the 16th Mm -hmm. um but yeah we'll, we'll find out the results after christmas um and actually one more thing i wanted to add was this year pretty much this whole year my mom has also worked at a bakery inside of uh, a lotte which is a korean grocery store like h mart and so that has also been a difficult reality just like on top of everything else that's going on with them that my mom has to work this really shitty job inside of a grocery store yeah and and like that has just made me feel just like as an immigrant kid feel and and their only child feel so responsible for them and wishing that I you know could buy them a house and pay for everything and so they don't have to work this job you know and like live in this crappy place like I just wish I could just make their lives better with you know some financial stability um and so yeah I feel like seeing my parents suffer so much this year has been very traumatic and like reminding me of of my childhood too um and yeah that has just been the the hardest hands down part of this year 
the next thing I wanted to talk about that has also been a very difficult part of this year has been losing a shitload of friends. Uh, so like I mentioned at, you know, the beginning of this podcast episode, I sent I wrote up this thing called My Name is Chien. And it was basically talking about why it's important for me to reclaim my name, why my name was Chi and Jin at the same time, and why it's important for me now to go by Jin. And I sent it out in an email form. I put it on our blog. I posted it on social media. I made a video out of it. And on New Year's Eve is when I sent out the email. And that day, less than 30 minutes after I sent that email, I got a text from my best friend from high school and he said, so I guess we're not, so I guess we're no longer supportive friends then or something like that. I don't remember exactly what he said, but something like, so I guess we're no longer supportive friends. And I was like, what? I was so blindsided by that text message because first of all, it's New Year's Eve. Why are you texting me this weird thing other than, Happy New Year. Um, it was like 11 a.m. Like, I think I sent the email at like 10. Yeah, we were on our way to lunch. Yeah. And then I get this like weird text from him. And he's like never he's not he has he has never texted me anything like conflicting like that before. He's not really like a conflict type of person. Um, and so I was just mind blown. Um, and, and I was definitely scared because over the course of 2021, Actually, from 2020 till 2021, I was like kind of like going through this, you know, I feel like everyone was changing because of the pandemic, right? Like the pandemic, anti-Asian hate, my dad having cancer, all of that was just making me like I have no capacity to pretend to be someone that I am not. So I need to be me. And so I was just doing that. And I was also in therapy. Like we have been in therapy. We've been in therapy since 2018. So yeah, I've been, I've been doing this work and I've been trying to be more myself. And I feel like my friendships with my high school friends has been hanging on by a thread. And the only thing really connecting me with them has been the fact that we have known each other for, you know, uh, almost 20 years now. And, but, but like, I know that I've known for so long since probably we graduated from high school in 2010. I've known that we have just been on divergent paths. Um, and so, yeah, the more the more and more I grow and the more and more I integrate myself, the less and less I have in common with them. But I think because I just saw them as family, I just felt like, well, I'll just stay friends with like whatever friends is like like loose friends with these people because, yeah, they're just in my life. They've been in my life forever. But yeah, I feel like as as anti-Asian hate has been ramping up and, you know, the Atlanta spa shooting really just being the pinnacle of that and like the catalyst for just so much breakthrough for me um, and just not even breakthrough, but just like I'm not going to put up with racist bullshit anymore. Um, and, you know, my high school friends had been in, in incredibly racist towards Asians and um, I knew that they would feel a lot of shame as I have been more vocal about um, my just me no longer being okay with 
with this, like no longer being okay with jokes, you know, and they would make jokes all the time. And so um, I did have a feeling that, you know, me asking people to call me Jian, like this is a boundary that I'm setting with people. And I was worried, most worried about them just not being able to call me that. Like, what? You want us to call you what? Like, they just don't live in a world where people do what, like, I don't know, like, are themselves, right? Like, they're just incredibly insecure. And so, um, yeah, I just didn't, I didn't think that they would be down for that. But I think I was so blown away by the fact that that's not even what the issue was. I mean, definitely that. They don't want to call me that. They don't want to call me Jian. But also they feel like I'm outing them, like I'm calling them out and criticizing them and I'm doing it publicly. And I think that's what was so mind blowing to me was that that they thought I was talking about them in this part where I said my like in high school, my bullies like taunted me and called me all sorts of names like Chichi, Chico, Chicharrones, whatever. Like I'm not talking about them, you know, like but because they have their own insecurities about doing that and about being racist towards Asians, they are projecting that onto me. And then it becomes a they thing because they're all just like it's like a group think situation. Well, that's a thing that was so uh, mind blowing is just very confusing and very just like, I don't know. Things are getting taken out of context in a way that is just like. It's not even getting taken out of like, context. It's literally not a thing no, that I, I was know, doing at no, all. I just, what I'm trying to say is just like that whole conflict, the whole thing around like losing your friends was just so um, mind blowing. I can't think of the right word right now, but mind blowing is what's coming to mind. And so yeah. uh, it was, you know, writing that email that was just, yeah, like you said, like you're going to go buy your name. And that was about and, me. Exactly. It was right. about me. And so it can't, it, how, how all of a sudden it was now about like them being a victim of, of you having experienced racism with your name being Chi and with being a Korean American uh, as a Growing up vast in minority in Northern Virginia. Mm-hmm. So like um, how it just switched and it yeah. wasn't about you anymore. It was about, it was about them. And it was so crazy because it was like on a micro scale, the macro problem, right? The macro problem is that Asian people are the scapegoats in America. And in my friend group, I am the scapegoat and I have to just fall in line. I have to laugh when we make jokes at my expense. I have to just forgive and not feel angry and, and don't hold anything against anyone. And it's just like, that is not realistic. You're asking me to be a robot well it's realistic in the minds of maybe oh yeah in the minds of like other people because it's it's just it's so normalized that like this is just the role and it's almost confusing when like uh an asian american is getting like angry about something yes, exactly. getting, you know is just trying to set a oh boundary God. because uh you know they don't do that they just they just laugh they just take it yeah it's just it's just funny yeah yeah so Definitely that has been because it got ugly. It got ugly because I I shared all because I texted these people and I'm trying to have a conversation with these people who are absolutely insane. 
And and then it got ugly because I was like, I'm not going to let you guys just like bully me within these individual private text threads. I will share your text. If you want to text me crazy things, I will share your text with people because you don't get to just bully me and get away with it. And yeah, my quote unquote friends were saying all types of crazy things like, oh, if you know, stop accepting the generosity of others. Stop living off the generosity of others. You have a college degree. You, you know, you have a good head on your shoulders. You're educated. Like just insanity, just insanity. And just dealing with people who are trying to gaslight me and make me think that the reality is something else than what it is was just so absolutely infuriating and traumatic and... Yeah, I'm no longer friends with any of my high school friends. And that has been just like very sad to me. Like, I wish that it didn't have to go that way. I wish it didn't have to be that way. Um, But also, it kind of makes sense that it went down that way, too. Like, because they they just think like, oh, she wouldn't dare. She wouldn't dare do something like this. Like, they just didn't. They underestimated who I am. And also... They never really knew who I was either. There was never space for me to be Korean and, you know, be like they don't know what that is. They don't know what being Korean is because there was never any space for me to talk about that. They don't know what me being an immigrant kid and like a child of immigrants is because they didn't make space for that. Like I just had to be someone who kept up with the Joneses, like pretended to have a ton of money and nice things and like and like never have any problems and there was just never space for all of me in that friend group and not just that friend group but many other friend groups like I have lost other friends like all of my friends pretty much in our wedding in my wedding party like I'm not friends with like except for two people (laughs) um and so yeah yeah it's a huge deal it's a huge deal and that was definitely the worst one of the worst parts of this year is losing all of those friends But then also, you know, on the other side of that, it was the best thing that could have happened to me because I needed to not be friends with them anyway. Like I they were like a drain to be friends with. And so, yeah, I know that in the end, it is ultimately good for me to not be friends with these people. But I think with the holidays like Thanksgiving just passed um, and, you know, I would have seen them at the Friday night, you know, our friend group hangs out the Friday after Thanksgiving um, and gets together. It's like a yearly tradition. And so it was hard. It was hard. And it is hard to not be friends with these people who I did consider to be like family to me. Um, But I also recognize that I like it was like a necessary thing that needed to happen. Right. And so I mean, yeah. I don't know about necessary. It was necessary no, to that, like separate, that's you know, um, the way it all went down was definitely like very not necessary and yes. just could have been dealt with in a, in a much uh, healthier way, healthier way. Um, definitely. But yeah, I think. Yeah, a part is still so hurtful and confusing to me when it's like and I deal with this with like my family and stuff like that, but just like you have a, a group of people that's like pointing fingers at you saying you're unhealthy. You're doing this bad thing. Yes. You're doing this really bad thing. You're being a bad person. You're hurting us. Yeah. Right. And it's like, whoa, what is happening right now? And it can be very disorienting yes. in trying to like process this because like, 
now what you were trying to say is getting like it's complete yeah it's just gonna be it's completely taken out of line yeah it's like completely complicated and this it's just like man why are you guys making y'all's problem mine it's you know and right. so it's just it is really hard to get away from that and i think yeah that was necessary to get away from that but i really do wish that it uh didn't go down like that so yeah yeah um i've got another one i feel like this part of the podcast is just like tough you know i mean this is like uh bringing up all of the trauma of the year trauma on trauma um but yeah, I mean, there's been a ton of anti-Asian hate uh, this year. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I mean, you've experienced it a lot, but like um, there's one particular instance that happened recently where like I was there mm-hmm. for the October. whole for the whole part of it. Um, and yeah i mean even talking about it now processing it in like actually no it was november yeah it feels like pretty recent Mm -hmm. um but just kind of like processing it now uh it's just i'm feeling angry and stressed and just like that was a lot so anyways like we got back from we were on our way back from virginia um helping out Jian's dad and we were driving up to our house pulling up in new york and I just double parked in front of our apartment uh, so that we could bring our stuff in. And there was this guy on the sidewalk who was just like being belligerent. Um, and Gian uh, had to go by him to to get into the house because um, he was standing pretty much right out in front of our in front of us. And like as soon as he saw Gian. Uh, he just started directing all of his belligerence um, to her. It was just like like locked on. Um, and this was like at four o'clock in the afternoon, um, like the middle of the week, like a Thursday or mm-hmm. something. Three, yeah. Yeah, and uh, I have just never heard someone be so bold, so like just violently just like assaulting with the the most like horrific racist um just things um and did you mention that we had just come back from Virginia? yeah, yeah yeah and it was like you know like he ran over to her like he ran up to her and i'm at the car uh and i'm watching this happen and he runs up to her and just uh is saying you know, trigger warning, like all kinds of crazy stuff, just like calling her a Chinese bitch, like over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. Um, just ching chong, like everything, um, told her to like, go back to her like fucking country. Um, and like one of the worst ones, uh, are not wor- I mean, I mean it, was it was all, all bad, bad, but yeah. like one of the things that like stuck with me is like, um, he was telling her like taunting her to like eat our dog like over and over and over again. Like Like he said that I was going to barbecue our dog or that then he was going to kill our dog and barbecue our dog. Yeah. He was just saying to like barbecue. Yeah. Our dog. And I had Harry with us and she was like barking her head off because this guy is 
scary. Just yelling, screaming at her, like, um, yeah. Uh, and at I, this point, Greg is like here with me. Like yeah, I'm at the top I, of the I'm stairs. I ran up to the top of the stairs stoop. too at that point. Um, and like I'm standing outside of the door, and I'm just like, "How is this happening? We just got back from Virginia, taking care of." my dad taking him to his appointments figuring out what's going on with his brain tumors because they're back and we literally are pulling up after being in Virginia for like four days and I have therapy in an hour and I'm walking out of my car on a Thursday afternoon getting verbally assaulted by this stranger on my street on my block and and also my block is incredibly friendly like this does not happen on our block. So yeah. to have this actually happen to me, it was like I was in a state of shock. Yeah. Like, I mean, this would be shocking anywhere, but like yeah. not not in front of my own house. Yeah. It was like I did not. It, I was having just like shock waves of like, I'm going to kill this person. Like, I'm going to like do something to you. And like also just like I, I just could not believe like the the vileness and just like that, that verbal like attack of just like the worst possible things. Like it was so like just shocking. Like I, I just, it was, um, and the fact that he was like running towards us and like, right, like just like coming at us and like saying that was just also like, yeah, I'm in a fight or a flight, uh, kind of situation. Um, so anyways, and I just Greg started was, like, trying screaming. to say things to him, but then he's not listening. And uh, then also yeah. there were other people on our block having like they were like drinking down like five doors down or something, but then they were not coming over or yeah. doing anything. And so it just felt like, do you not care? Am yeah. I invisible? Yeah. Does it not matter that this is happening right, right now? Yeah. So I mean I just started screaming like like, hello, um, like did you guys see like like this what's happening here does anybody else see this like this is crazy like can we get some help um and like just i was just trying to scream over him and just like i was like waving my arms just like hello hello just like trying to like you know draw attention to him and and like just be like guys i'm not you know i'm gonna i'm not going like this guy has to leave like w w you know someone needs to come and deal with this uh and, you know, I think at that point I just like pushed Chien inside and like finally somebody came and uh, like grabbed him or whatever. But um, and then Greg parked the car and came back around and talked to him and then he apologized. And then that's when he realized, oh, this guy's drunk. Not that that matters. No, but I already just, knew that before, but okay, it doesn't matter. There's okay. no I mean, because yeah. like they got. Yeah. Anyways, I already knew that before, but uh, that doesn't being drunk doesn't make you like a crazy racist. It's just not an automatic like racist pill that happens that you just take no. whenever you become no. come drunk. Um, that guy's responsible for himself, but it was, uh, it was definitely like a lot just seeing him back out there on the street when I moved the car. And that's why I was like, I got to go talk to this person because honestly I thought it was just like someone that was just like meandering through the neighborhood or something like that and was going to like go somewhere else. But the fact that he was like on the sidewalk he was Still? actually friends with the group of people who were five doors down yeah, drinking right. outside. And so I think that was also really disappointing and hurtful was that this is happening to your neighbor and you guys are just going to sit there and you guys are not going to engage when someone's literally yelling Chinese bitch to me like right. over and over and calling me a Chinese bitch over and over and over again. Like, yeah, I think 
I'm still feeling this sense of like lack of safety on our block after that. Um, and, and just kind of feeling wary of our neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I went over and I mean, that's, I went over and talked to him and was just like, Hey man, you can't, I said, you can't talk to my wife like that. And you know, the other people that were there were like, Oh man, that was that guy's wife. Like you can't do that. And it's like, it shouldn't be about that. You just shouldn't talk to people like that. Um, but I mean, one of the things, you know, I was just kind of like, yeah, I live here and like, I'm not going to like tolerate, you know, racism. I'm not going to tolerate you being racist period. I'm definitely not going to tolerate it, you know, I'm at my house. Yeah. And, um, you know, I said what I needed to stay and say and started walking away and he was just kind of like, well, I was here first and stuff like that. And it's just like, yeah. Um, you know, I would, I didn't go over to like, try to have a reasonable conversation. I just needed to set a boundary. Um, and also have the people that were just standing there on the block, like look at them in the eye and just be like, Hey, I'm here talking to you. Mm -hmm. Don't do this. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was, uh, one of the worst things that happened this year was that, yeah, like I was like so depressed after that happened. Yeah. And I think for me, it's just like just constantly ruminating and just being on edge, you know, like we just went on a vacation uh, to like, you know, rural Virginia, walking in a Home Depot with like her family. And I'm just like on edge. I'm just like waiting for somebody to say something. Yeah, it's just like did. it's just like it's just like that yeah. constant like on edge of like who's going to say something stupid. Yeah. But yeah, that was. um uh, definitely it's like these things happen and they happen micro and they happen like like little things like it's not a little thing but just like compared to that like you know we'll be walking past and someone will say something under their breath or something like that mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um this stuff's constant uh, but to happen in such a massive way like mm -hmm. right outside of our house was just like yeah this is uh very unsettling Okay, so the last one, because I feel like we've already been through so much uh, in just, you know, bringing up all this other stuff, like, um, there's one more, like, just big thing that was, like, really hard for me this year, and it was my mental health, and this isn't something that I've, like, really talked about before outside of just, like, people that, you know, conversations and things like that, but, um, yeah, back in 2021, my mental health got really bad, uh, to the point where I was like not eating, um, or like being able to sleep, just having like out of control anxiety and, um, yeah, just like not being in a good place mentally. So I went to the doctor, uh, realized like, yeah, I got to go to the doctor for this. And, um, you know, after just having, uh, our conversation, talking about my family, talking about the things that were going on currently, um, you know, the, the, the psychiatrist was like, you know, this, this all sounds like uh, borderline personality disorder, BPD. And, you know, getting that diagnosis was mm, it, at first like completely devastating um, was just kind of like feeling like I have a problem or something like that. And just because of the, all of the stigma that's attached um, to that like particular mental illness. Um, but it also was just a, a gift in so many ways because, 
you know, I could, I could, uh, find the help that I needed. I could like get therapy that was going to be effective and helpful for me. Um, and so, yeah, this past year, 2022, um, end of 2021, 2022, I was in this program called, um, CITPD, uh, in the Upper West Side, um, at Mount Sinai Hospital. Um, and it was, a uh, intensive therapy, uh, for personality disorders. Um, it was five days a week and sometimes twice a day. Mm-hmm. So it was, I mean, it was intensive. It was a lot. It was like basically took up, um, you know, all of my time. Um, I felt like I was like a full time, like, um, like therapy patient, like mental health patient, um, with the amount of, uh, different things that I was doing. And, you know, I guess we'll get to the good parts of all that later on, but I mean, there are just, there are parts of this past year that were really difficult whenever like my mental health would like not be in a great place. Um, you know, sometimes it makes it difficult, if not impossible for Tian and I to, to work together, to like be around each other because I will feel so, um, like unstable or something like that. Um, and super anxious. And, um, so yeah, just like it makes, you know, all these other things that we're talking about, uh, that are really, really tough, like having mental illness, uh, alongside all of that. Um, you know, sometimes it just like makes it quite excruciating. It's just kind of like, uh, is this a joke? You know, like all all of these things that are happening and Mm -hmm. having to deal with. And so, um, but yeah, uh, there's definitely more that we can go into and stuff like that around borderline and my personal history and stuff like that. But, um, just for now, like the fact that, uh, it's been a tough year, 2022 and just trying to take care of that and get the help that I need and, and, uh, yeah, just do what I need to do to, to kind of get better. So. Yeah. As much as it was difficult to find out that you had BPD, uh, I think it was also a gift to find out that you had it because before, I mean, you know, you and I've been together since 2013 and you found out that you have borderline personality disorder in 2021. And so that means for eight years, almost nine, eight and a half years, because you found out at the end of May, May of 2021 is when you found out. Um, Yeah, so basically for eight and a half years, I just didn't know what was going on, you know? And um, yeah, so I think to have an answer and for there to be an answer made me feel so much relief. And then to also find out that your family also, like your family members also struggle with various personality disorders as well was also a huge like point of validation for all of the trauma that we have had to experience or that we have, that we have experienced from your family. It finally felt like, oh, I'm not crazy. And yeah, I felt like, oh, there's an answer for this. Of course, it was hard to find out that you had this and, and figure, you know, you had to go through. It was like a huge transition for you and, and for us. Right. Like we had just gotten married. We haven't even we hadn't even been married for a year when you found out that you had BPD. Yeah, it was a pretty rough. Yeah. Start. And so it just felt very like foundation shifting for you and for me. And I think about BPD and how, 
you know, people with BPD struggle with the foundation feeling solid, right? Um, and yeah, that was that was a really difficult thing to find out. But I do feel like CITPD was the greatest thing ever. Um, and yeah, I mean, I know we didn't include this in the best moments of 2022, but because you wanted to talk about it during the worst moments of 2022. But yeah, like definitely it's like one of the best things that has ever happened to you was to be a part of this program that basically doesn't even exist anywhere else. We live in New York City where you have access to this incredible program with top of the line professionals, therapists, psychiatrists, um, you know, figuring out what medication you need to be on. You took like different classes on different aspects of personality disorders and mental health. But yeah, I do think that you going to CITPD was so difficult, but also so amazing. And um, it was this community that you had with other people who also suffer from personality disorders. And um, I also took a class on for people who are spouses of people with borderline personality disorder. That was also very problematic, but also very helpful. Um, Very problematic because it was all white people. Yeah, there's not a lot of, you know, Asian Americans. <laughs> yes, in this class. But yeah, it was it was still very I, I learned so much from it. And um yeah, I'm I'm really thankful that you found out what you have so that you can actually get help for it. And um yeah, and it's it's a work in progress, right? For you. Like you're still going to therapy like you're still taking medication and like you're still working on this This is a daily thing you don't just you're not going to just like be done with BPD. i wish i wish so many times i wish i could just like uh yes be cured yeah yeah but you have made so much progress and yeah yeah it's definitely a lot easier at the end of the year than it was at the beginning yes for sure yes 100 percent. yeah january was really hard so yes a thousand percent. Okay, so we don't want to leave on a very sad note. So we're going to bring it back and, and talk about our most memorable moments of the year. Uh, most memorable moments of 2022. You want to you wanna start, Greg? So uh, a memorable moment, maybe not the most memorable. That's hard. But uh, we've talked about so many things that are super memorable. But some things that we haven't talked about was uh, my birthday was like, really special this year it was you know i feel like because the pandemic and everything else has been going on it's hard to find like time or whatever to, to just celebrate and, and to, to just you know do fun things so and when the year sucks i feel like it's hard to be like let's go have fun right so it was definitely a fight to go have some fun yeah so my birthday was great um we ate at this place called Kabimal, which is in um flushing and our friend Wesley pointed it out to us, and it's seriously the greatest, like Korean restaurant. We love it so much. Uh, mm-hmm. It's like our favorite place in New York now. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, like, just eating so much food, and then getting a cabin and going up into the mountains, and just drinking like tons of makoli and having a bonfire, and um, you know, the next day when we were leaving, we had a lot of makali. We went on a hike. And, uh, well, okay. The hike was first. The hike was, I feel like the hike was before the makali. It was, it yeah, was. Yeah, because otherwise that would have been awful. But anyways, 
uh, I was very much uh, being pedantic about my hiking abilities and was just my ability to take us on this like awesome hike. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, we started the hike and uh, just very earlier on, I was like looking at the map and I was like, this doesn't look right. But it then, was just like a constant uphill. It was just uphill. Hump. It was just up. It was a hump up the hill the entire time. And I was just like, yeah, it doesn't look right. It doesn't look right. But maybe I'm wrong. You know, maybe maybe I'm just stupid and I don't know how to read this right now. And, uh, and then we went on for like an hour. over an hour. Yes. I mean, it was a long time walking straight up. We're all drenched in sweat at this point. And honestly, like very unrewarding. It's just like this nasty trail straight up through the woods, bugs everywhere. Like uh, it was kind of, you know, it was bad. And so it got to the point where I was like, okay, we're either almost to the top or like we're lost completely. And uh, there's no other options here. There's only these two options. And so the next person that walked past us, I was like, hey, can you show us where we are? Like, you know, we're right here, right? (laughs) This is where we are. How long is it to the top? (laughs) And they're like, oh yeah, you are not there. Like you are like, you know, turn the map over. It's like way over here. Like, Like the opposite direction. Yeah, like it was, I got us on the wrong trail from the parking lot. Like from yeah. the start, it was wrong. And so they were just kind of like, well, maybe you could go up here and get something. Nope, no, there's, there was no redemption. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was already like almost five, like 4 p.m. Yeah, it was getting dark. Mm-hmm. And like, uh, yeah, time to go back. So that was a very memorable moment, probably because I was very embarrassed. You and were. you know, those things are embarrassing moments are the ones you remember but but then we had really good burgers and broths we had burgers we had Those broths really good. there was like you very strange sounds i forgot about that there was i can't even make the noise <laughs> there was some weird noise that was going on outside and i had to get uh Ching-Yi, our friend to come stand out there with me because i was scared oh, i was like God. something is about to rush me so i need you to shine the the light at my back because it was pitch black out there yeah we're in the middle of the woods i can't i'm like looking at the grill so it was a weird noise but it was a lot of fun and then that night we drank a ton of like nine bottles or something yeah it was disturbing. a lot it was a lot and to the point like where the next day it was like very much hard to like function like i'm not hungry uh i thought i was gonna barf all day yeah it was so bad it was bad that was bad and uh and we, i don't drink so and these greg doesn't drink really yeah, either we i don't, don't really really, really do it but i like it yeah. But, uh, so it just kind of like after that, just decided like, okay, if we're going to drink crazy like that, maybe just do it at home. Cause I don't want to have to drive like three hours from yes. the Catskills, like through traffic back into New York city Yes. with a really horrible hangover, but uh, it was fun. I had a blast. I will not forget that. Another really memorable moment was waking up early in the morning to go see the sunrise on top of our building apartment building and i will say sunrise in quotes because it was raining and there was no sun to be seen rising so it was just like lighter in the sky and we're like okay i think this is the sunrise and that is actually a tradition in korea to see the first sunrise of the year um and so yeah we wanted to honor that tradition and we actually were planning on going, driving somewhere to see a sunrise from the top of a mountain, but we were too tired because we stayed up until midnight the night before. Yeah. It's like, you got to so, pick a tradition. Yeah, you, can't exactly. you can't do both. So we're just yeah. going to do the, from the roof. Yes. 
Yes. So that but, we can have both. But it was nice. And then we went to go eat Dokguk in Flushing at this right. really good place. Uh, I don't remember the name of it, but it was very good. And I want to go there again. Yeah, we have to figure out which one that was. Year. But that was really, really tasty. Yes. And I will also second that Kalbi Mal is the literal best. I went for my birthday. Greg went for his birthday. I could go tonight. Like... I could go. You want to go? Yeah, I'm trying to go. <laughs> okay. That's what I was thinking while we're doing this. Like, All that's right. going to be our, our gift to ourselves um, for doing this podcast. Uh, so, yeah, that was definitely a memorable moment was going to the top of our building and then eating tteokguk. Another amazing thing that we did this year was going to Henya for the first time. And for those of you who don't know what Henya is, it's actually the divers in Jeju, Jeju-do. Um, and they're called Henya and they named this restaurant in Brooklyn Henya and they sell Korean food there. But it's like the most delicious Korean it's food fancy. ever. Yeah. It's so fancy. Definitely can't afford it, uh, which is why we've only eaten there once ever. And we ate there on Chuseok on yeah, that was Lunar special, New Year. Special meal for yeah, sure. No, that was amazing. And their makgeolli was so good. They make it awesome. there. Um, and serve it in these like little ceramic cups. They were it was so good. It was so good. That meal was amazing. And then we got beignets at the end, and that's like their specialty. So that was definitely a memorable meal. Um, another thing that was really awesome that we did was ride our bikes from uh, from Prospect Park to Rockaway Beach, um, which was a lot, uh, very far. I mean, I don't know how many miles that was, but. It was a very long like way. Like 30? Yeah. Prob- I mean, I don't probably 30 miles. There and back. Something. It was something yeah. crazy. It was something crazy. 40? Something like that. Um, but it was cool to kind of like see like the, like how Brooklyn just kind of like changes as you go through it. Um, and yeah, just getting to like South Brooklyn. Like I just, who I don't have never gone down there. So it was just like interesting to be down there on the bike and just seeing all these different like communities. I remember can't remember seeing like if it was a albanian like restaurant or something like that i was like wow like I, where am i gonna see now you know i've never mm-hmm. seen that before you know um so yeah, you get like a different view of the city when you're yeah. biking it uh, maybe it was uzbekistan you, you but can't i can't really remember walk it yeah because it's too far yeah um and uh yeah we got very sunburnt and was very tiring and you know my crotch was just like super achy for being on the bike for, for that. <laughs> Should I cut that out? Um, and yeah, it was bad. It was really rough. Um, but then when we got there finally, um, yeah, we ate a bunch of tacos and then we took the ferry back and that was interesting because I've never been on a ferry before. we back from a ferry spot too. Right. Then the ferry like didn't take us all the way back. So then we had to go from like South Slope or Sunset, Sunset Park, Park up uh-huh. to um, back up to our house. So that was cool. That was intense. I love doing really intensely difficult things. Yeah. So that was, that's definitely a memorable experience. And shout out to Tiffany Young for taking us on that epic excursion adventure. She is the biking queen. Yeah, we needed her. Otherwise, uh, we had gotten totally lost for sure. And shout out to Tiffany because she's also a patron. Shout out to our patrons. Shout out to patrons. (laughs) Um, Another... Huge highlight was going to see 
Aladdin and The Lion King on Broadway. I have not seen a Broadway show since like middle school or something. And we've lived here since 2016. I lived here in 2011 to 2012. Never saw a Broadway show. Never. And Jingyi loves Broadway and like loves shows and music and theater. And so because of her, I was able to go to see Aladdin and The Lion King. We went for her birthday in November to see The Lion King and The Lion King was so epic. It was so epic. And yeah, I want to go to more Broadway shows in the new year. So that was definitely memorable. Another huge memorable moment of this year was running into my kindergarten boyfriend slash best friend, Will Cope, at the Nordstrom in Midtown. Uh, For those of you who are like, who dates anyone in kindergarten? We did. We did. Uh, And yeah, it was so cool to run into him after all these years. He like moved away, I think, in like second or third grade. And um, yeah, it was just really cool to run into him. And he's also extremely tall now. And obviously in kindergarten, he was not extremely tall. Um, But yeah, it was really cool to run into him and take a picture together. And yeah, love you, Will. And our last but not least memorable moment of the year was that I got to be a guest on a podcast, one of my favorite podcasts, Beyond the Couch with Bridges Mental Health. And that happened earlier in the year. And I got to talk about my name reclamation and what that process was like and my journey with therapy. And yeah, we just had a really awesome conversation about something that really has changed my life and um, has meant so much to me. Yeah, that was awesome. You reached out to them and you're like, hey, can you guys do a show on name reclamation? And then they were like, do you want to do the show with us? (laughs) That was crazy. You got to be on the show. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, I was just like, wait, what? No, I just want you to do an episode on this. Oh, crap. Okay, sure. I guess I will do it. So yeah, that was really cool. My first guest experience. So to wrap up this episode, we wanted to talk about some of the things that we're grateful for for 2022 throughout this year, what we've been grateful for. So Greg, what are some things that you're grateful for for this year? I would say that, well, one of the things I'm grateful for is CITPD. We talked about it earlier. Like just, I am grateful for all the therapists there. I'm grateful for, like all of the people that I met, like I miss talking to them every day. Um, And yeah, I miss, I do miss like as much as that was like, I was kind of excited to leave. Like I do miss um, just talking to them and like being in that kind of environment. So I'm just, I'm I'm really grateful for, for that whole uh, experience that I got to be a part of is definitely like, it's a, a before and after moment in my life, for sure. Another thing that I am grateful for is Jingyi. It's been like really just awesome, like seeing how close you guys have gotten over this past year. Um, and like just you having like another person that's like really close in your life that you can like go through 
all of like the really hard stuff with like, especially if like I might be struggling with like my own mental health and things like that. Mm -hmm. Like for you to be able to have somebody else that would be able to, you know, be there and that, you know, is going through similar things herself too. So, Mm -hmm. um, I'm also grateful for her because, um, she and I have like similar kind of like family situations. Mm -hmm. And so, um, it's, it's awesome to kind of like be able to process that with her and, and, you know, even share some of the stuff that I've learned, like feel like I have a place to like use that knowledge that I learned at CITBD to like talk to her about stuff. So, um, yeah, I feel like she's been a, like a real stabilizing, like factor in our lives this past year and just has brought so much joy and laughter as well. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I've laughed, uh, this much, you know, since Andrew left, since Andrew left. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew, we miss you. Um, <laughs> yeah. So that's been good. Uh, yeah, those are some, some some of the things that I probably feel the most grateful for. Yeah, what about you? Um, definitely, I'm grateful for Jingyi. I think that is definitely one of the top things that I'm grateful for this year. I feel like she has made this year, like you said, so much more bearable because she's a part of our lives. And even just coming to Virginia with us, and not just coming to Virginia with us, that's a huge deal. Um, and like seeing my parents and where they live and who they are and how I am with them and how we are with my parents and what day-to-day life is like for them uh, means so much to me that someone would enter into my life like that. Yeah, I feel like I haven't really had many friends that have come into my life like that. And so I'm really grateful for for her and just her making this year just like kind of her sharing that load with us and us just all kind of leading on each other and making the most of this year even with all of the hits that we're getting thrown at us we are making the most of it and I think because we have each other to lean on we're able to weather each blow Um, and so yeah really really grateful for her and her presence in our lives and yeah all the joy all the laughter yeah and I think another thing that I'm really grateful or the other thing that I'm really grateful for for this year is simple but not is just life I think I'm I'm grateful for being alive I'm grateful that you are alive I'm grateful that my dad is still alive. I'm grateful that my mom is alive. I'm grateful that, yeah, just the people that I love are still alive. And, you know, some have passed away, but yeah, but I'm, but I'm grateful for the ones who are still here. And, um, yeah, I think with cancer, I'm just so acutely aware of the fragility of our lives and how, um, how important it is to make the most of every day and you know give ourselves room to not be perfect every day but um but yeah to I feel like we've done a really good job of making choices like hard choices to take like you know enter into cancer like all in you know um for three years it has just been such a struggle um but yeah I am just really thankful for life and and sometimes I'm not Sometimes I'm not thankful for life. And sometimes I just like, I'm like, life is so grueling. But yeah, I do think at the end of the day, I am grateful that 
we are all still here um and that matters and um i guess the last thing i want to say that i'm grateful for is you you didn't mention Yay. me greg Ugh. whatever um but yeah, I'm just really grateful for you this year. And yeah, I I mean, I know that I couldn't survive this year without Jingyi, but I also could not have survived this year without you. And yeah, you do so much for my parents and you do so much for me. And despite the fact that you have borderline personality disorder, it does not define you. It doesn't run your life. It, yeah, I feel like I've watched you take control over over this thing that has had control over you for your whole life you know this thing that you would try so hard to like fix you know but you didn't know what it was so you could never fix it and so yeah I'm just really proud of you for working so hard this year at 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 your mental illness and getting a hold of it and um yeah for just for just fighting so hard like you have fought so hard and like I really wish that you know you had more people in your life that would validate to you like how amazing you are and how um strong you are and yeah, I think I'm just really grateful for you and everything that you have done for me and my parents and um, that you, like, you don't complain about doing. Like, I was just thinking, like, I feel like I would complain more if I were in your shoes sometimes. Like, I know that you're, like, happy to help my parents and stuff, but, like, yeah. And I know it's also like your honor to take care of them too. You know, like you love them so much. And so, um, but yeah, I know it's also really hard for you to take care of my parents and to take care of me and, um, yeah. And to take care of yourself too. So I'm just really grateful for you and I'm really proud of you for, um, just fighting another year and, um and yeah we're still here man like we just fucking recorded this podcast episode like that like I know that people are like maybe people aren't like but maybe people are like oh like well you just recorded a podcast episode what's a big deal you're just having a conversation but like honestly it's a big deal it's it's a big deal it's hard to do this it's hard to record these episodes and sit here and set up all the sound equipment and do this with like a mental health disorder, you know? So I think it's a huge deal to be sitting here doing this. feels like a huge victory um, at the end of the year to, you know, come out with another episode and to reflect back on this year um, and all the good, all the hard, all the messy, all the funny, everything. Um, and so, yeah, I'm grateful for you. It's been a long year and uh, yeah, I'm grateful for you too. And I have just seen you grow so much over this past year. I mean, you've been through so much and like you've had you, it's like, you've had to grow, 
Um, that's like the only choice. I mean, there's been ups and downs and stuff like that. Yeah. There are times where you don't want to grow and you just need to like, mm, you're just going to be depressed, you yeah. know, but like, uh, I do feel like going through all these experiences does help, has helped you to recognize like what you're worth and like recognize who you are yeah, and recognize, yeah, your own expectations. And like you said, you just don't have any room to like pretend right mm-hmm. now. There's no, I mean, you just maxed out. And so, um, you know, you have this year been able to like learn how to take care of yourself like it, learn in a sense of like it's re- it's really hard for you to take care of yourself mm-hmm. because if you're feeling depressed or stressed or anxious it's just like well i gotta do my my way out of this mm-hmm. like like it doesn't matter how i feel no mm-hmm. it's just like i gotta yeah. like do like way more work or i gotta do way more x y and z yeah to be there for my parents yeah mm-hmm. and so um yeah for you like you've learned how to just uh be able to acknowledge like I need to get started later today or I need to take a walk or, you know, I need, um, whatever it is, you know, I need to eat. Like you skip, you skip meals plenty of times. So mm-hmm. like, yeah. uh, just recognizing like, man, I'm stressed right now. I should probably take care of myself. And then out of that, like you, you are like able to, like do so much more for yourself Mm -hmm. you know you're able to accomplish so much more and i've seen you give yourself so much more patience this year and then like you've also been able to give me patience and stuff like that too and like patience to your parents and just a lot of patience you know um during this time when you know things don't really look pretty things don't feel or look put together um yeah so i'm really like grateful to you for being like my biggest supporter, you know, like my, you know, always having my back and just like, um, being there for me, um, when times have been very challenging. So yeah. What a year. What a year. We're going to come back with another episode where we talk about 2023. Um, but yeah, we'll end this episode here. We're going to go eat some <laughs> some food now. <laughs> some Korean food. Oh, my gosh. Yes, this was. I'm really glad we did this. Are you glad we did this? Yeah, I am. And it's it's interesting because just this is not how maybe I expected it to go. I'm mm-hmm. glad because what a what a great, you know, this is for me. If anybody gets anything out of this, awesome. But like, this is for me, like being able to look back and seeing my 2022 and mm-hmm. kind of having this that I can always go back to. And, mm-hmm. and, uh, yeah, it was definitely a great thing to do. I liked, I like doing this Same. as hard as it was. Mm-hmm. Okay. See you in 2023. All right, guys, 2023 on the other side. Two, three. Two, three. You and me. Baby. Yep. Peace. (laughs) Uh, Have a happy holidays, everyone, and we will see you next year. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you found value in today's episode, support Kajok on Patreon at patreon.com slash Chian and Greg. That's patreon.com slash Chian and Greg. 
You can also find us on Instagram at Gian and Greg. You can learn more about us over on our website at gianandgreg.com. And finally, if you'd like to send us some words of encouragement or let us know your thoughts about the podcast, send us an email at gianandgreg at gmail.com. Thanks so much, everyone. We hope you have a happy new year and we'll see you in 2020.